Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, get ready to be energized and have some serious fun. This is the Energetic Education Podcast. Introducing your host, Dale Sidebottom. Welcome to episode number 67 of the podcast. And today I am going to talk about becoming a games master. Now, This isn't about you going out and buying board games or buying the latest Xbox or PlayStation and sitting down and playing games. This is about you taking one of those ideas, one of those amazing games that people love, and turning it into a fitness workout, an educational workout, um, any sort of game or any topic that you want to deliver to your participants, you can do it through a game. And I want to talk about the steps that I have done over the years to create these games and why they have been so successful. So I want to get in a little bit and why I love making games and why I love making everything into a game because I think the power of gaming is next level and I'm going to talk about some stats in a minute but for me personally as a child growing up at school if a teacher had said to me we're just going to sit down we've got to do these questions we've got to write that out I would be bored whereas if a teacher showed some initiative and goes right I'm going to put this into a game I would forget that I was even working because I was having so much fun and I was I am quite competitive but I would just want to enjoy the game so I'd actually learn and remember what I was doing in that class so the power of that for me and I I just I remember this so vividly and it's one thing that I've tried to do with throughout my teaching and also when I'm running fitness sessions I try and make everything into a game now because it takes away the aspect of you know we're doing reps we're doing sets or where you're doing a hard workout instead you're actually playing a game and you forget about the 50 squats 50 push-ups and so forth that you're doing all right, so um, I just want to talk a little bit today about the power of gaming, um, and then I'm going to get into um, what happens in the state of play, and I'm not, I'm not going to go into a great detail about this, because I've spoke about this in a number of different podcasts, um, and then I'm going to talk about um, a really simple step that I've taken to creating the first game that I ever made, which was Monopoly Fitness, and since then I've made Monopoly QR Code Red, I've made Monopoly Classroom, I've made Monopoly for 15 different sports, um, I've made Literacy Monopoly, Numeracy Monopoly, so as you can see, this board game you can make into everything, um, and I'll talk about why it's by far the best one, I think, to start with. All right, but before I do that, um, and and also I forgot to mention, I do have a really special coupon code that I'm not going to write down anywhere, but I will mention towards the end of the podcast where you can get an outrageous savings, so you can start getting these games um, and also the blank templates that I've created, so then you can just go and put your questions into those. All right, so let's get stuck into it, and I I want to start with um, talking about some of the popular games out there and ones that you would have heard of or children are playing or even adults because the first game I'm going to mention is Fortnite and for those people who haven't heard of Fortnite, um, I, I was, I'm not really into shooting games um, but every primary school and high school that I go to this year which is 2018, every student seems to be playing this game and with 45 million plus users worldwide, um, it's a free to play game and it is next level. 
all right? And basically what happens is there's 100 players and it's a multiplayer game. So you players around the world log in and they get that socializing because they're talking. Um, they can team up. There's all these different things in there like that. But they get on this bus and then 100 people at a time get dropped off on an island and basically it's the last one to survive. So they go around trying to kill each other and it is quite a tough game. So it really sucks people in like that. But the really exciting thing about this game is that everybody loves it. All students love it. So instead of saying, no, we're not going to talk about it, we're not going to embrace it, I want to think about how can you use that buy-in to use this for a literacy lesson, for a fitness lesson, or whatever you're doing. I want you to think about, all right, the kids love it, so let's not deny them that. Let's find a way that we can use that positive aspect in whatever we're teaching. Yeah. The one thing that really sucked me in with Fortnite, and I've never played it, um, I've only watched people play it, but the one thing I loved about it is there's a free game for six months, and after six months, they released a $15 weapon pack. All right, now, $15 is pretty simple. After five days of that weapon pack being alive, they made $298 million from upsells. Now, that is extraordinary. And I think straight away, you can see why if you can embrace the culture of Fortnite or just some simple things about it, not the killing, and that's probably the one thing I don't like about the game is the killing or some of the dances where they put people down. For those people who know the game, you'll know about it. If you haven't seen Fortnite, I would go and just read up on it because um, you'll get the buy-in straight away. But where Fortnite excels is it's enabling users to feel comfortable. And this is something that's really, really good about the game because everybody feels comfortable. You're playing by yourself. Um, you can sort of team up, I'm, I'm pretty sure. But it's a comfortable game to play. If you lose, you can just start a game straight away, which is great. All right. It also feeds players' need for relationships. Now, while you're playing this game, you're talking to people around the world. You're logged in. You're chatting to everybody in the game. And you can also team up with other people. So I think you can play in teams of four or things like that. And that's one of the things I love doing with my games is I love being able to play in small teams and get that teamwork, that bonding, that socializing and that team aspect in whatever I'm teaching. So that's one really good thing. And it also offers a high degree of autonomy. So those three for me are really, really key aspects that the game brings across and that I think as educators, we can use the positive sides of this in our teaching. Now, I haven't, I've seen a couple of people create a Fortnite game. I personally haven't just because um, I only create games that I'm really confident with just because um, I think... Uh, my passion's not quite there, but for people listening that may play Fortnite or know a little bit about it, if you can turn this into an educational game, you are onto a winner because it is next level. That 45 million users worldwide is growing by the day. So straight away, you have a captive audience and teachers all around the world will want your game as well. So that could be one to think about. Another one I want to talk about is Candy Crush. Now, a lot of people would think about this. Um, it is a simple app on your iPad, your iPhone, your Samsung, Galaxy, whatever it is, it's, an, it's a smartphone app. Now, I must admit, I got a little bit addicted to this game a while ago. I don't play anymore, but there are 293 million monthly active users. So think about that straight away. 293 million, and that is in a month. That is crazy. Now, they started off with not many levels, but they're close to 3,000 now. And the reason being is it just got so popular that people, they needed to keep feeding that people's uh, desire. People wanted to keep playing, so they kept making levels. 
Um, there's been 1.1 trillion Candy Crush Saga rounds played. So think about that number. That is insane. Um, over 3 billion downloads of the apps. Um, and the one for me, and this is, I know it's not always about money, but this is crazy. And this shows the power of gaming if you can do it right. That it's estimated that each month they make $63 million just from people playing Candy Crush. Now, Candy Crush is a free game, but there are upsells in it. Now, the three upsells that are really, really cool, uh, there's a countdown timer, all right? Now, this countdown timer means that you can play five rounds, and after that five rounds, you need to wait, I think it was a day, I can't remember off the top of my head, but you have to wait a day for those five lives to come back before you can start a game. Now, or, this is where they make their money, you can purchase extra lives and that's where you go and play a game or what I used to do and I'm sure people listening was you go to this is I was really addicted you go to the settings on your phone and you can change the time and date and that way the app thinks it's auto reset and then you start again you get your lives and um, I'm a little bit embarrassed to mention that but that's the power of gaming that I want to bring across also, that there's levels are, are all locked unless you say I'm up to 24. I can complete the four, uh, the 24 levels that I've done, but I can only go to level 25 if I complete level 24. So you can see all those levels there, but it, but you can't get to them. All right, and that's a really good game mechanic. So that it makes people strive to get that next level, to get that next level because they want to be the best. And the big one for Candy Crush has done so well is that there's leaderboards and there's social influences. They've had um, massive success with um, obviously social leaderboards around the world and people saying, oh, I'm up to level 120 or I'm up to this. So you're competing with other people, but you're also competing against yourself because you want to get that higher level. Now, the final game I want to mention, and as I said earlier, I want to talk about Monopoly, and I'm going to give you some ideas today simply um, around this game, but the first ever Monopoly game was sold in 1935, so you think about that, that is a long time that this game has been dominating, most renowned board game in history, highest grossing from ever, it has sold over 250 million copies to date. Um, it is that popular that I'm sure everyone would see this, but McDonald's use it every year for their promotion, and that is worldwide, so they do a monopoly for a month. Um, it has become a, a part of our culture. So I think everybody listening would have played Monopoly growing up. Every student you teach will know about Monopoly. So straight away you get that buy-in and you can use the game mechanics because there are a lot of real-life game mechanics that users can really think about. You know, you start off, you have some money, you've got to grow up, you build some properties, you get extra money, should you put houses on them, um, should I trade for this, so it combines strategy with a little bit of luck, and that's why I really love this game, is that you do need to be quite uh, invested in the game, and you need to make some good decisions, but at the end of the day, it all comes down to luck, whereas um, the other games, Fortnite and other video games these days, I sort of tend to lean, uh, not, not towards those, because I love board games, and you'll find from our fitness game zone, where I'm going to give you a code today, that um, we've created over 20 fitness board games and educational board games that you can use to engage students. And the reason being is that they are really fun, engaging, and everybody can be part of it. Now, the last one about Monopoly is it's truly a game for the whole family. It's simple enough that children can play and compete with older individuals. And that's that's what I just love about it, that it's not all about your age. 
that it is suited to older students, to younger students, and they can play against their parents, their grandparents, and so forth. Now, before I get into talking about Monopoly, I just want to talk about the benefits of play. And not only that, the benefits of learning through play and educational games. I'm going to give you some ideas about that when we talk about breaking down Monopoly and the steps you need to go to do that. Now, um, being in being when you're playing, you're very present and you're in the moment. And I think that is so important with you know the way life's going today with social media and so many other influences that the benefits of being in the state of play is that you are present and that is such a hard skill to master these days. And other things about it is play is it's, it's somewhere where you can forget about work commitments, you can forget about anything, you can forget about being your social life. Um, and not only that, it, it allows you to act in a creative way and I think that's really important. And it also focuses your play on the actual experience, not accomplishing any goals. So... Um, throughout Monopoly, a lot of the time that most games finish in not even a winner or loser because the game just goes for so long, but there's so many different aspects. You could be up, you could be down, but it, it throws so many spanners in the works, all right? Now, um, for me, uh, play will do certain things, and this is throughout everybody. It'll relieve stress, it'll improve your brain function, it'll stimulate your mind and boost your creativity, and, and that's proven that play does that. Now, I know I've spoken about this before, but a book by Stuart Brown called Play it mentions that a lot in there. And I, I think that's a crucial book that you should be reading. Improve relationships and your connection to others. Now, that's one thing today, again, I'll mention social media, that relationship building and these other skills, they're not quite as good as they used to be. Whereas when you're playing games, it allows you in a safe controlled environment to you know let go and build those relationships through gameplay so using monopoly using uh, other games board games i'm going to mention that's a really powerful way to build your, our relationships and the one that i love best and this is why i recommend you should play every day is it keeps you feeling young and energetic and i know that i love the word energetic now before i get stuck into um, talking about Monopoly and the breakdown of the game and everything like that, um, I just wanted to mention some earlier podcasts that we have created that you might be interested in, and that's where I use dice cards and Uno cards to create different sort of learning games and movement games. So if you like today's episode, what I'm going to talk about, then you can go back and you can listen to these. Now, um, using dice is episode 26, using a deck of cards is episode number 27, and using a deck of Uno cards is episode number 28. And you can go on there and I give you a number of different ideas that are really simple that you can go and action straight away with your students and the classes that you are teaching. Now, um, as I mentioned, the game breakdown with Monopoly is pretty cool and I want to talk about that today. And the reason being is uh, you can use this for any topic you like. And um, what, I, what I will do is I... Um, I'm going to talk about why I started it. Now, for me, Monopoly was the be-all and end-all. And I've spoken about this before too. I've got Monopoly everything. I even bought a Monopoly pinball machine because I love it so much. So what I want you to do, if there's a topic out there that you're really struggling with, um, or for any fact, any any lesson that you think, I want to make it more engaging, think about some of these games. Cluedo, Connect 4, Game of Life, Battleship, Mastermind. Now, what you need to do is you need to break down these games and you need to find the different game elements that are in there. All right. So, Monopoly is probably the most, probably the easiest one that 
I found to create, and hence why I've created over 25 different versions of this game. Now, for this game, use a map and map out how many different, like, and I've just simply got the board game and I've put how many different properties, the different stations, and then also go jail, free parking, and go to jail. Okay, now for my stations, I always make them a fitness station, all right, or a brain break station. So it might be star jump, squats, lunges, wall push-ups, okay? And you can have a set number on them. It could be 10, it could be whatever. I like to use a deck of playing cards in the middle. And for example, if you land on a station, then you go to the middle of the deck and you grab a card, whatever number is on that card, say it's a four of hearts, then you would do four star jumps if it was that station. Very simple, very easy to do. And you lay the big board game out exactly like it is in the board game. So, but this is real life. So, and you tell participants that instead of being the uh, the cannon, thimble, horse, cart, dog, whatever, that they are actually going to be their icons in the game. So you don't need those. Then, with each of the stations, you have them in between go jail, free parking, and go to jail. And then you have each of the streets. Now... For example, you can have a general knowledge one, and I know I present on this in workshops, is one lot of three um, streets would be numeracy, then it'd be literacy, then it'd be movement, geography, history, whatever. But you can do this on whatever topic you are teaching. So for example, if you're teaching geography, I like talking about geography, um, one of the streets you could have could be um, capital cities, all right? So you might have red as capital cities, and whenever people land on there, they need to name capital cities for one of the one of the streets. It might be capital cities in Europe, and they need to name five of those. Once they've got those five, they can mark off that they own that property, and they roll their dice again. All right. Another one might be capital cities um, throughout Africa. All right, and so forth like that. Then you could have um, famous landmarks in different countries. You could have languages and so forth. So what you end up doing is I would just simply get an A4 bit of paper, write the name of the street up the top. So it might be like uh, African cities or whatever like that. Have the question and then down below have a little list where students can write their name if they've answered those questions right for their team. Then they move around the board and... Each time they pass go, they collect a cone, a witch's hat, a marker, anything you like. Now, I call these bitcoins, which is a bit of a laugh. Some of the students will get it after the craze of bitcoins. And basically, the game goes until you say it finishes. And how I measure a winner, if you want to have a winner or a loser, is that each time they pass go, they get a cone. So at the end of the game, the team with the most cones wins or... They also be a property tycoon and the team who has got the most properties at the end of the game wins. So if you really want to bring it down to that, what I find is though that this game is so engaging that you don't even need to talk about bringing those, the winning and losing into it. They'll just enjoy it so much. Um, a couple of things, if you go to jail, uh, you need to roll a six. You get three goes to do that. If you don't do it, it's 15 star jumps. Free parking, and this is what I love about the game. Every time people go to jail, they need to put their bitcoins in the middle of the big board game. And when people land on free parking, they get that person's cones. Um, and when you go go to jail, you go directly to jail, you do not pass go, exactly like the board game. So all I have done there is I've taken a geography lesson 
and I have turned it into a monopoly game. So students will forget that they're researching capital cities in Asia, capital cities in Europe, all right, landmarks in Africa, whatever, whatever your questions are, they'll forget they're doing it because they're playing monopoly. They're playing in a team. They're having so much fun. They're trying to get around the board. They're trying to get as many bitcoins as they can. And not only that, they're trying to own as many properties as they can by the end of the game. All right, so that is a really simple game that I use and I love using. Um, you'll find on our website, fitnessgamezone.com, uh, not only do we have 20 plus board games, and I mentioned a few of them before, in Connect 4, Cluedo, Game of Life, Battleships, Mastermind, Monopoly, all of these, but we've also created blank ones. So you can do exactly what I just said then. You can go on there, download the blank version, print it out, and instead of creating your own, simply write your question on these properties that we have already made. The instructions are there and so forth. But what I want you to do after today's workshop, after today's webinar um, that we're going to create, but today this is a podcast so you can just get an idea of what I'm talking about. Um, I'm going to give you the code now to go into fitnessgamezone.com. So if you go into fitnessgamezone.com, that is all one word, and in the coupon part where you check out, if you type in Games Master, all one word, G-A-M-E-S-M-A-S-T-E-R, you will get 20% off straight away, all right? So then you can go on, you can access all our free templates and you can go from there. Now, as I mentioned, we have got a webinar coming out on this as well. And all those webinars go into the course section on our Fitness Game Zone, where we have other ones on creating games, creating fun, building energy, looking after yourself and so forth. But what I want you to do after this podcast today, I want you to think about the best game you have ever played, particularly a board game, and then think about the game elements of it and break it down, okay? Think about what the main things of that game involve, right? Get the questions that you want to do, so whatever lesson you were teaching. Now, mind you, I used Monopoly to start with for a fitness one, which was super easy, very fun, a brain break one, an outside game, you can use it for all of that. But what I want you to do is think about whatever that favorite game was for you. Think about the main key components. Think about the socializing thing. Can it be played in a team? Because that is really important. I think these games work best when you're in a team and they have individual roles that they need to do together, but also individually working to try and compete against others. Now, you will surprise yourself once you've broken that down. Find a lesson that you're really struggling with. If you really struggle to teach literacy like I do, make it into a game. Now, I do that all the time. And the reason being is that I actually enjoy it teaching it more than what I do a normal literacy lesson. And the kids love it. They're like, wow, this is great. Nobody's ever done this before. And that is right. Not many people are creating games for everything they do. And as I said, if you want to be rogue and you want to go crazy, the game Fortnite at the moment is next level, all right? The buy-in you'll get from your students will be through the roof. Um, and obviously you talk about that we don't embrace killing and everything behind it, but you could make it into a little bit of a different game. And I'll give you an example. Um, one of the first games I created was Cluedo. 
And for those people who don't know Cluedo, somebody was murdered with a weapon in a room. Now, that's a little bit violent. I didn't like that. So one of the games that I have created is called Cluedo Teacher Hide and Seek, where there is a teacher hiding in the school with an item. So it might be like an apple, an iPad, a coffee cup, and they're hiding in a room. And students have to go around to these different scenarios I've created and answer questions. And they're all different questions. There's literacy, geography, numeracy, history. Once they answer one of those questions, they pull up down the bottom and there is a clue. All right. And what it is, it is either a suspect, an item or a classroom. And they have a game card. They cross that off. And that means that it is not that teacher. It is not that item or it is not that classroom where the teacher is hiding. Once they have completed all the questions, they will only have one teacher left with an item in a room. And there you go. They've solved the teacher who is hiding. Now, that is such a fun lesson. I use that all the time. And if you'd like to check that out, it is actually free on one of our websites called learningwith.games. So if you just type in learningwith.games, you'll be able to get Cluedo Teacher Hide and Seek for free. Um, But the main one for me today is... I want you to go on, and it's not a promotional thing for me at all. I want you to get creative. I want you to create an epic new game that you can use with your students to get buy-in, to get them absolutely loving whatever you're teaching. Because I say this all the time, if you're really passionate about what you're teaching and and the game that you're generating and creating, it'll reflect in your teaching and the students will absolutely love it. Now, if you create a masterpiece, I would love to share that with the community. You can either go to Facebook, Facebook, and we're on Facebook at energetic.education1, I think we are, um, and you can share the game on there, or you can email it to me at dale, uh, sorry, dale at energetic.education, and I'll share it on Twitter and so forth, because I think the more people we can get making and creating games, the more engaging our lessons will be, and students will just absolutely love it, and I've seen it firsthand, I've seen it from all the workshops I run, but the, the hardest thing is actually flipping that mindset and just starting. Thinking about doing a literacy lesson through a game, all right, through a board game you love, anything like that, get super creative um, because this is a proven way of learning. There are so many benefits with play when you can mix education and learning, and not only that, building relationships through the gameplay as well. So I know I've rambled on a little bit today. Um, hopefully, you can take away that code I gave you, Game Master, and you can gain access to everything I've just mentioned where you can go and use our templates. We've created over 500 plus games, videos, courses, the rest, and we're constantly adding to that. As well as this, this podcast, I'm going to break it down into a webinar and that will be coming out in weeks as well. All right. So as always, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please leave a five-star review on iTunes And have a fantastic day. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Stop. Don't go anywhere. If you love today's episode, then you will love to stay up to date with everything we are producing. If you are part of the Apple family and have an iPhone or an iPad, simply go to Energetic Education on iTunes and you'll be able to download our new app for free. This app has all of our videos we've created, our blogs, and every episode of the podcast where you will never miss another episode. So go and download today and start enjoying this free app.